Welcome to the Florida Versus Podcast. You know, I got one for you. Holy cow! Another fun Tuesday ahead for us, folks. Welcome to the Florida Versus Podcast. I'm your host today and every day, Peter Murphy. Happy to have you here. Happy to have you wherever you happen to be right now. Uh, Podcasts, you can take them wherever you want. So, today it's the final Tuesday of the month, and what that means for listeners that know is that me and Floridian writer, director, film lover, Film advocate Corey Slater are going to review a Florida movie. We're going to tell you what we liked, what we don't like, and we're going to tell you how Floridian it is. This month's selection is Crawl, the 2019 film. We talk about Corey (laughs) suckering me into going to see it, and then his interaction with a one Quentin Tarantino uh, just weeks later where they got to discuss the film, which was uh, fascinating. Beyond that, we talk we talk the ins and outs of the film, and uh, you know, some some stories growing up, and some stories from last weekend's wedding that we were we both happened to be at. It's very fun uh, and exciting. I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, for those of you that want to support the podcast, you can do so by writing a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can click the link in the description to support this podcast. That's always fun, and uh, you know, just listening is good enough. Uh, so I appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, every Tuesday, I do give a recipe or you know tell you what I'm cooking. I'm not cooking anything today, but to go into the you know theme of this film, which is crawl, which is alligators and crawl spaces. You know, uh, I want to say eat as much alligator meat as you can. Don't you know eat an alligator po' boy. That, I mean, if I could make it, if I could have access to alligator meat, I would be making that right now. I don't know who has access to alligator meat. It's like a, a specific group of <laughs> farmers and produce makers that they have this access to alligator meat. You can't just buy it at the store. So if you see an, see an alligator po' boy or alligator chicken nuggets or alligator nuggets, I suggest you get them. And... You know, I suggest uh, you try any food uh, if it scares you. Eat some fish eyes, eat some alligator, eat some octopus. As you think about that and get hungry, listen to these ads. (laughs) And then enjoy my conversation with Corey Slater about the film Crawl. Okay, whoa, 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 what's the hold up? It's ad time. Oh, yeah, it's ad time. And let the good time roll. You know, since 2015, Totally Good Time has been making pop culture street style inspired by the 90s, 2000s, and niche entertainment favorites. Well, what do they got? Uh, How about bringing on Toro Sweatsuit? Check. Empire Records Staff Tee for Rex Manning Day? Check. New Girl True American Hoodie that features the design as the gameplay? One, two, three, four. Check. 
Now go ahead and check out all of the original pop culture goods over at totallygoodtime.com. That's totallygoodtime.com. And use code FLORIDAVERSUS15 for 15% off your order today. That's code F-L-O-R-I-D-A-V-S-1-5 for 15% off your order today. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Ad time. Do-do-do-do-do. Ad time. Oh, man, another ad. Well, don't worry. This one will make you hungry. Margarita. Pepperoni Playboy, Guilty Party, Good Thing, Dreams Tonight, Beyond Love, Smoke Signals, Neon Moon, Springsteen, Talking Backwards, Crude Copy, Breakneck Speed. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you haven't had one of Lucky Nick's Pizza's Sourdough Neapolitan Pizza Pies straight from their wood fire oven. And you are missing out. Go ahead and follow Lucky Nick's Pizza on Instagram. That's at L-U-C-K-Y-N-I-C-K-S-P-I-Z-Z-A. For the latest updates about their weekly mobile pop-ups in the SoCal region. It's Lucky Nick's Pizza. A nice little pizza, huh? Zoom has to tell you it's recording. That's today's song. Today's guest. The one and only. Back for an unprecedented seventh time. Has it ever been seven? It has to have been uh, because I just counted in my head two seconds ago. Corey Slater. Hi, everybody. Florida's own. Florida's own Corey Slater. So, yes, sir. So it's the last Tuesday of the month. And today, uh, all that means is what we're going to do is look at a Florida movie. What we liked about it, what we didn't like about it. What was Florida about it? Today's film. 2019 horror thriller crawl yes one of my favorite movies before we get too heavy into it uh cory uh as we do on every episode plugs do you have any plugs um no (laughs) never any plugs all right great so okay so movie crawl, uh, it takes place in Gainesville, right? I mean, essentially, just south. Yeah, it's 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 somewhere between Gainesville and Tampa is what I got. Okay, film starts with uh, the lead. Uh, uh, what's her name again? It's um, Kaius S something. Kaius Godero. Yeah, and her dad, her her, you know, playing Haley Keller. Her dad, Dave Keller, is played by Barry Pepper what a name i know and she's she is uh a swimmer at uf university of florida yes so gators the gators yeah they're the mascot is gators and like they i mean for people that don't like things so on the nose they'll be frustrated however when it when it comes to mascots in florida it's worth it's worth addressing florida state the Seminoles, how much longer can that really last, you know? They're saying it's going to go on forever because the uh, Seminole tribe is a big part of the school. Well, that's cool, I guess. And they've, they've given it permission all these years. Like, they're not, they're the only, you know, Native American name. As this week, we got the Guardians instead of the Indians. And then right. my football team, which still does not have a name. Washington football team. Um, the Washington football team. Uh, but I think Seminoles would be the last one. 
That's interesting. Uh, yeah, and well, Seminoles are the rivals of the Gators. That yep. uh, they have a rivalry in every sport, just because of the, where they're at geographically, right? Yeah, I mean they're both Panhandle teams, and yeah. besides Miami, they're like the biggest schools. Like those three would be the top Florida. So here's here's the thing, U UCF in Orlando, this this movie could maybe could have taken place there, but I don't know if it could have because I'll tell you why it can't. Why is that? So the one thing that makes, and I'm not saying this is a great movie, although we will get into stories about why this is the best movie, but you want to establish in the opening shot as much stuff as you can right off the bat, right? That tells you the movie, gets the audience in the mindset that things are going down. So what we have in the opening shot of this movie is a woman standing on the platform and it goes from her helmet, which is the, the not her helmet, her bald cap, Right, which right. has an alligator on it. Right. And then she jumps in the pool and swims and loses the race. So we've established gators, right. which are a big part. Swimming, which is another real big part. Of the and movie. the fact that she has something to overcome mm. without saying a word in the first 30 seconds of the movie. That's brilliant filmmaking. And you get it. Like right, right from the good jump, you get it. It's like, you get okay, it. It's, get it. it's, yeah, it's awesome. You get everything you need to know main character and an obstacle to overcome and then boom there's the movie well as far as ucf goes it's overshadowed by uh disney in orlando and not too many hurricanes go right through the middle of the state so i think you know other than university of miami which is called the hurricanes um i don't know yeah. another another school that this could have taken place at and you know uh gainesville you know surrounded by swamp and, and rural areas so uh I mean, there was no other choice. Uh, and did you like growing up in Florida? Did we? Did you know a lot of swimmers? No, and that's weird because everyone yeah. had a pool. Yeah, exactly. There was a yeah, exactly. I knew. I happened to know a few um, ice skaters and hockey players. Quite a few. Well, you know my background with that. My dad was a hockey coach, and my brother played hockey his whole life so i was surrounded by that right but you think like that you know everyone would be swimming or we would have some type of olympic swimmers but no there's uh I, not that i know i mean i think ryan lochte went to uf uh but there was all definitely like swimming programs at, at every college and at yeah. most high schools but i didn't know anyone that was like seriously pursuing swimming the way that other people were pursuing olympic figure skating football soccer baseball basketball I mean, hell, my my brother even, you know, graduated from University of Florida. He's a, he's a Gator. He went for lacrosse. Yeah. So swimming, I mean, sw I mean, swimming's happening, but it's not at the it's not the sport, just like how, you know, the way that karate kid makes karate seem like the sport that's happening in the valley in California, you know? Yeah, but I think in the 80s it was, dude. Everybody was a karate star. Everyone was doing karate. We could have been. We should be right now. You know what? It's never too late to do karate. Dude, that's what I'm saying. That's the smartest thing you've ever said. No, I think the smartest thing I ever said was, uh, um, my name is Peter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyhow, uh, uh, Corey and I were at this wedding last weekend, and uh, this girl came up and said, I, I don't know how she cornered me, but I, I found you quickly and uh, roped you in. And she was like, I used to be into Buddha, 
Then I was a Wiccan for a while and until Jesus came to me in a vision and told me to change my name. And I go, what's your name? She goes, Caitlin. And I said, well, what's, what did Jesus tell you to change your name to? And she goes, Elizabeth. <laughs> Is that even in the Bible? I don't know. And then and I go, you yeah, looked at say? her and you pointed to your chest, like a, like a, like a guy speaking to a gorilla that knows sign language. <laughs> and you said, my name, Peter. <laughs> and she looked at you like what the fuck and she, as quickly as i came i went and got the hell out of that conversation her, yeah her response was oh the rock because i guess that's what peter no, saint peter the rock of the christian church i know way too much about this bullshit that's why you should that's why you should have stayed in there and and you should have seen her christian paintings <laughs> you forced me to take a look at some and i was like wow these are I mean, hey, nothing. I mean, hey, whatever. Uh, anyhow, uh, religion doesn't really play much of a role in this film, I don't think. Uh, just to bring it back, however, no, like not at all, right? No, no one's like, praying you, to God. They're trying to swim for their lives from Gato. I think if I could add one Florida element, it would be you know maybe this family is a little more religious, right? Well, I mean, that's that's an unneeded thing, right? Like, yeah, I guess you don't need that to tell the story. This is a it wouldn't have movie. stood out. Yeah, yeah, no, it wouldn't. This have is stood a out. perfect B movie. They don't need those details. You just need to know that the dad the dad's in trouble. There's skaters in the basement, and here we go. Yeah, I mean, we we, we started talking about the opening scene, but basically, all you need to know is a hurricane's coming. Uh, she the main character is uh she is a swimmer at the university of florida and her dad lives somewhere nearby and he's not answering the phone um okay so and there's a category five hurricane on the way yeah you cancel practice okay cancel <laughs> indoor swimming practice that day please i mean you would think but it's i mean florida. i'm angry at that you know yeah yeah I'm, i guess i'm angry at yeah the fact that it's that's so accurately florida it's like all right this is a hurricane it's a category five hurricane well you know if i'm the swimming coach in this movie i'm not canceling practice because i'm thinking all right well it's a category five how much worse can it get and by the time it gets to yes. us and the answer is none it can't get any worse than that and also by the time it gets to us maybe it'll slow down a little bit so yeah we're gonna have oh. practice here in the morning Right. That is the entire mentality of the state of Florida is if we delay this just a couple more days, it'll slow down, man. It's like it's like a, it's like a gambling fiend that waits until uh, 30 minutes before the flight is supposed to board to buy a ticket. Yes. It's like, it's oh, just, uh, if I just hold down. off, if I just hold off, that price will go down and then I'll be able to afford the the boxed lunch. Uh <laughs> that they come around with okay so I'm, I'm angry at this coach for not canceling practice but you know he gives us a good movie here and uh you know when a hurricane comes you got to be with your family or you know be with your friends at a hurricane party and they, oh my they, God, even, yes. reference, they even reference hurricane parties yes in the movie that's, re that's real shit yeah 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 what does she say she's like oh no hurricane party this year and because she knows one of the cops or something like that right yeah like went to high school with them yeah uh, and then, yeah, so she goes looking for her dad and man, she, she totally just di disregards the advice of this cop 
who's her friend is like, no, I got to go find my dad. So she goes to look for him and she eventually finds him, which is, you know, how many times does this guy die in the movie? Oh, uh, he should have been dead. I, I honestly thought when we saw this movie for the first time yeah. that he was going to be dead when she showed up. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like she shows up, where's her dad? Oh my God, my dad's dead. And now she's stuck. He was dead and she brings, she drags him and then brings him back to life. Who knows how long he was dead. Then he, he dies again. Like he drowns again. Right. Like, like almost towards the end of the movie. Yeah. This guy's having the worst time ever. The worst time ever, but like a Floridian, he survives it all. Yeah, I know, man. It's great. Like a flying cockroach just able to like survive. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's go back to the movie, uh, like just getting there, one thing at a time. You, that day, or the week leading up to this movie coming out in 2019, you said, dude, we got to go see this movie. And I was like, really, do we have to? And I was like, Peter, listen to me. We need to go opening day, first showing. And we did. We went to the 11 o'clock showing at Arclight. Arclight in Los Angeles. And it was for me, I'm a huge Marvel nerd. This might as well have have been another marvel movie from the trailer alone i was like dude this is gonna blow everything we thought about florida movies just <laughs> completely out of the water and there was i mean there was, did. yeah there were some scenes by the way i looked this up the budget was around 16 million and in uh in total they made over 90 million hell yeah that's floor i mean that's horror movies like yeah horror and this movies is a don't horror cost movie. much this is an expensive horror movie even at 16 million dollars you know what it was? It it was like somebody saw a Sharknado and then thought, okay, how can I uh, make this believable? You know? Well, yeah, I mean, this goes back to just B-movies in general and, and where those came from and that, like, in the you know, way back in the day, they played two movies at a time. It was always double features. There was the B-movies that cost very little to make were usually very shitty, like Ed Wood movies. Um, and then the the big budget film was the second one mm. and B movies then in like the sixties and seventies became just like schlock movies. Mm. And like then in the eighties, you know, it was VHS was mainly the, the B movie type stuff. Uh, so there's like this lineage of it and it kind of dies off, but people like Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez have always tried to keep this alive. Like this movie is B movie level to me of like from dusk till dawn their grindhouse movies like they've really yeah went for the b b movie in this and nailed it they absolutely nailed it yeah yeah in fact you bring up tarantino didn't you at one point have a conversation with him in person about this movie yeah i did uh what happened it was the the best day of my life um i was at the hateful eight at the dome on so like right leading up to once upon a time in hollywood Right. They played all of his movies at Arclight. Rest in peace. Yeah. And uh, R.I.P. Arclight, which may yeah. come back, may not come back. Um, no, it's it's not coming back. AMC owns it. So, Oof. yeah, it's going to be. F- and you know how much I love AMC, Peter. You don't um, like AM- you don't seem to like AMC. Either. I fucking hate them. But I go to I go to this uh, like like screening. I see all of them but Kill Bill Volume Two, which was at like midnight. And I went sure. to see Network at the Vista instead, which coincidentally Quentin Tarantino owns now. Um, great movie, Network, great movie. Network's one of my all-time favorites. So, Hateful Eight, 
is in the dome. All the other ones were in the smaller theater. They were kind of packed in the smaller theater. But then they move us into the dome and, you know, it's very spread out because there's only like 20 people. And then all those people drop off that hate the hateful eight. So there's even really? less. Yeah, like it's not, it's probably his least liked film. Really? So there's not many people in there at all. And I go in and sit in the seats that I have for the following night for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which are where I heard in an interview Tarantino says where you sit in the dome. That's where he Where's calibrates the- it. Yeah. Okay. So most movie theaters that, you know, you're supposed to sit in a certain section, but the dome is interesting because, you know, it's a massive dome structure. The screen is curved. It's 70 uh, millimeter. And it's 70 millimeter. Exactly. And so what's the best place to sit in there and why? Um, It's the fourth or the fifth row dead center. And it seems like the very, like what, like, like from from the the very front, from the screen back fourth or fifth row very dead center because it wraps your entire field of vision it's like the perfect parameters too where you just sit back and you don't have to like stretch one way or the other oh and yeah so i go and sit there because i'm like oh yeah you know i'm geeking out like this is where he told us to sit in that one fucking interview from three years ago yeah and sure enough the man himself comes and sits down next to me like two seats over and i was like holy shit yeah it's fucking Quentin Tarantino watching his own movie. Right. Oh man. And, and I'm two like, seats over from you. Yeah, I'm like freaking out. I'm like, holy that's, shit. Like that's kind of cr- bizarre. Yeah, surreal. Yeah, like, do I have to laugh hard? Like, Peter, I don't know if you remember, and you were sat in a different area, but we went and saw the first test screening of Anchorman 2. That's right. And they split us up because demographically there was way too many of us already at the movie. Oh yeah. I don't think they wanted us to be there to be honest. No, we were last in line, but there were open seats. So they were like, well, these seats are going to be open or we're going to get these guys. Yeah. Yeah. So you got sat in the front. I got sat in the very, very back, right. Like the final seat before where it's roped off. And sure enough, the movie starts and Adam McKay, Will Ferrell, Paul Rudd, all of them come out and sit down next to me. And I was just like, son of a bitch. How do I react to this movie? Like, I have to laugh at everything, right? Sure. Like, so then you felt the same way when Tarantino was sat two seats away from you. And then, well, it was, it was more of like, do I laugh at parts I think are funny that might not be funny? You know but, what I mean? Like, everything's yeah, just going honest. through your head. Like, everything's sure. going through well, your head. Well, you just, I think you're just thinking like, oh, I want to be respectful to this person's film. Yeah, and this is somebody that I idolize. So I was like, damn, this is this is crazy. And then, you know, the movie starts, the Weinstein logo comes up and he lets out a huge laugh. And it was like, oh, okay, we're allowed to, like, just be free in this. Sure, like, yeah, yeah. He's laughing at the fact that, you know, the biggest pieces of shit of all time made this movie. Right. You know, it was, it, was, it was like a fun moment. And then he's cackling throughout the movie. And then it hits me during the first part of it. It's like, holy shit, there's an intermission. Right. And the intermission's like 15 minutes where you just like talk to the person next. Oh my God, the person next to me is Quintino. Yeah. I was like freaking it's like, out. It's like in church, you know, greet your uh, uh, neighbors, like say, peace be with you and also with you. And then you turn and Jesus Christ is standing there and you're like, uh, hey, dude, like, and he's you're the like, reason we're all here. And he's there just to give you a new name. And that new name is Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Um, so Elizabeth, Elizabeth, will you marry me? <laughs> the macho man. I can't Dude. believe we didn't go macho man. Oh my god, because it would have gotten out of control. Uh, so, anyways, we get to intermission. 
and couldn't sit next to me and like you know was i thinking about a good question to ask him for an hour yes yeah of course my question was hey dude <laughs> oh no i said hey mr tarantino have you seen midsummer oh which had just come out and he was like it's it's quentin don't yeah, 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 yeah mr yeah. tarantino thinks weird uh and no i have not i really want to see it what did you think so i go on about midsummer for a little while and saying like you know oh it was the, the great movie and then he, i go what have you seen that's like blown you away and he goes crawl was the best movie i've seen of the year and i my mind melted i was yeah. like holy shit he understands that that movie is a masterpiece and i geeked out i was like dude crawl is one of the best movies ever yeah and he's like absolutely i said dude i would pay so much money to see gator which is a, an 80s version of this and crawl double feature double new feature. and You're he was scheduling like the new bed yeah. i'm scheduling my gator month that i've always wanted to schedule and he was like oh my god that would be you know tarantino in interviews and stuff. that'd be crazy uh, just like geeking out and then the movie like comes back up and he's just still talking about crawl really as his movie is playing he's just still talking about it I'm like do I talk to him or? Yeah, you're like, good or, shit. Yeah, are we the guys that just talk during the movie? But it, he made I mean, this movie, so like, yeah, he's, yeah, seen, he's it. seen it a bunch. I've seen it in this room. This is my fourth viewing, just in the dome alone. So That's like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Can we I mean, talk about Gators? It's great. It's great to have a cosign of like somebody who doesn't really come out and talk in the media a lot to say, yeah, I really like this movie too. And as far as horror films go, it's probably one of the best horror films of that I can remember that I've seen in theaters recently. And I'm not a big horror guy, but man, there's nothing. I mean, what's scarier than this, like a hurricane, like a big, like, like a massive climate controlled, um, like force coming yeah, for reference. You. Yeah. For reference, category five was hurricane. Katrina right right so like that coming at you and we saw what that did to New Orleans and that's gonna that you know that is saying all right every structure could be destroyed and completely gone the, yeah the tides will rise and like water will flood anywhere and structures aren't safe and then the immediate danger of oh there's an alligator oh there's another alligator oh uh another alligator just went to the convenience store and had a snack of three people that were trying to steal an ATM. So some looters. So Florida. So <laughs> Florida. During a hurricane, three idiots on a dinghy boat are going around robbing convenience stores. Like, I mean, I mean, yeah, that, but yes, that would be funny. That would be a funny movie. But this scene was them just all right, we're going to go to our favorite convenience store and steal the ATM and put yeah. it in a, yeah, like you said, a small boat. Dude, there's a part where the guy is walking around and sees that why the electricity is on at this place, I don't know, but the hot dogs are still being cooked in the <laughs> hot dog thing. And he like casually is like, yeah, I'll have a hot dog. And then starts eating a hot dog and then an alligator. That's the only thing that the, gen him. That's the, only thing that the generator is hooked up to. Uh, the lights and the hot dog machine those are the only things you need also yeah. you know dumb horror movie people uh and you know character what i mean is characters in horror movies uh make poor decisions when you see somebody yes. dying in front of you 
Like, I mean, there is a part of me, I think if I was in that situation, that would freeze. However, I would try and find some higher ground, like, you know, behind the, the countertop or something. I wouldn't just sort of stand there, look in the mirror, you know, that like round, like corner mirror uh, at every convenience store and then just get eaten. You caught why that happened though. Cause it's a B movie and how kick-ass was that shot where he saw it in the mirror and you see the gator stinking up behind him. I was like, Oh, this, this shot kicks ass. Yeah. It was great. That was the only reason that happened. Cause, that, cause it had to, cause it looks sick. That scene stuck out. Also, uh, uh, they, vi- uh, the characters, Haley and uh, her dad, Dave, they visit that they end up using that boat later in the film and the dad, the whole time, is saying you're an apex predator you're apex predator (laughs) like this like jock uh like pump pump you up type of uh pep talk constantly and it's like a ufc chant exactly and she's always you know uh character Haley. she's always like she'll always say like you're not my coach anymore dad then she finally outswims the gator yeah exactly which is so florida dad leave me alone you're my coach dad and like you know she's he's always going to be the her coach and then she outswims a gator which i you know what i believe it i could believe it dude she lost to the gators in the beginning character journey she's gotta beat the gators at the end dang that's so, yeah, a movie it starts by by losing to the gators in the beginning you mean she was in a heat and she lost her place on the travel team. Yeah. Right, right, right. So she outswims a gator, which I believe that ATM is gone, no longer on the boat. She gets to the boat and <laughs> she says, there's a, such a tight hero shot of her, like, you know, oh, I love navigating, it. navigating the boat back to save her dad. Who's got, who just like, readjusted his broken bones in his leg with a wrench and she like 10 minutes prior and she she pretty much looks into the camera and says apex predator all day hell yeah (laughs) that's awesome oh that's what screams b movie for me fuck yeah and it's not trying to this movie's not trying to win an oscar it's trying to be badass because now she's gonna take the gators on do you think there were some movie theaters in America that were watching that? And when she said it, they cheered. Was that a cheering, a moment to cheer at the screen? It depends on the crowd. Out yeah. here in a packed house at New Bev at midnight, people are cheering for that line. Yeah, a but normal in a movie way, theater. Right? Yeah, in a campy way. A normal movie theater, no. <laughs> no, I don't think people are that invested in, in shit anymore. Even two oh, years ago. What do you mean by normal movie theater? Like, like in middle America, you know, let's say that the St. Louis, Minnesota, or St. Louis, Minnesota, St. Louis, Missouri crowd. Right, right, right. Um, what were they thinking watching this? Now they weren't sure. Sure, sure. Well, okay. So uh, let's go over these three topics. What did you What did you like about it? What did you dislike? And what was Florida about it? So what did you like about the movie as a whole? Everything. Yeah. Every second this movie's there, I'm in. And I was the day that we saw this opening morning. I remember Very walking nice out and I was like, I was like a new man who had found God. And you were just like, yeah, that movie was interesting. I was like, no, dude, that movie was life changing. 
Peter, it was big suit energy to the max. <laughs> and I loved every second of it. But it's mainly the directing. I think it's graphic as hell. Yeah, you wanted to talk about the director. Uh, yeah, what, like, yeah, yeah. What, what, what were your thoughts on the directing? Well, I'm going to butcher this guy's name because I'm not good at this. It's Alejandra Aja. Okay. Uh, he's great. He made. He's from France. He's made a movie called High Tension, which is like it started a whole wave of like extremely graphic French films and it's just very well done. And that's why he's so good at doing horror is this movie is just like, it's brutal. It's awesome. And it's never anything more than it should be. And you know, a per- period, a producer, a good co-sign to have on this. One of the producers, Sam Raimi. Yeah. I mean, evil dead guy. And then, you know, these guys also produce Evil Dead remake, which is graphic as hell, and I fucking love every second of. Like, I just, I love their style. It's very brutal. It's very real. And I thought this movie was just, like, the perfect encapsulation of all of it. And then set not far from where we grew up. That's true. Yeah. I mean, what was, I mean, you see a lot of deaths uh, underwater and, you know, by the hands of these gators. Um, you I see mean, my- a bone set, like, a bone yeah. just, just not snapped but cracked and so there's like that jagged uh and pulsating yeah yeah yeah, that was that was hard to look at which i guess makes for a good b movie right like i mean that's what they do this is a b movie with a plus level prosthetics Mm. not so much not so much cgi uh we got to get into the gators but uh right and the spiders the spiders yeah the the you can tell when it's prosthetics because it looks great right like the, the limbs being severed the but practical then, effects the practical effects and then the the cg shots of brutality are like the cop that gets taken apart by yes. five gators oh my god uh, they yeah, all like... death roll him at the exact same time and sever him limb from limb and then his head as well it's fucking awesome everybody knows to avoid gators all you have to do is running a zigzag pattern. That's a hundred percent accurate. That's and I don't it. know why none of these cops, who are the ones that basically taught us that, shuffle, just shuffle, shuffle. And we're not, you know, world class swimmers. We're all not Ryan Lockie, so we Speak can't just yourself. swim away. Yeah, that's Speak true. For I, mean, I can yeah. do a dog. I can do a real mean doggy paddle. And you didn't have a pool growing up. No, I know. I know a lot of people. A lot of people. Well, you know, say what they want about me, but I did not grow up with a pool. He didn't. He used mine to cover his whole fucking body in deodorant, <laughs> run and jump in the pool and get out and go, I'm completely dry, yeah, and then run back to his house. I think that's all I did. I I was really bored, and I covered, yeah, I went. I had deodorant. I don't know why. Well, yeah, why? Because as a Why teenager, not? How old was I? Middle, was middle school? Oh, we were not teenagers yet. We were because by teenage years I had moved to the um, townhouse behind Cyprus. You lived somewhere else, but we were living yeah. near near each other at this time, and you you were living behind me, and uh, I was like putting on deodorant, and then I was just bored and like I wasn't paying attention, so I just started putting it all over my body. I run over to your place. I think I knock on the door. Your dad answers the door. He's like, hey, Peter, what's up? And I'm like, hey, I got to use your pool. <laughs> and then I knock on your door, your home. I jump in the pool. I get out. I'm like, I'm completely dry. And all thanks to 
All thanks to deodorant. Thanks to three sticks of deodorant that covered my entire body. That was uncomfortable afterwards, but it was kind of cool to jump in and out of the pool and not worry about it. I felt like uh, some quick silver board shorts. Anyhow, yeah, I didn't grow up with a pool. Uh, you had a really sweet pool. And I, I always wanted to fill it with Jello. Oh, that would be great. I think we would have hurt, though. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, what else? Okay, you like the directing. Yeah, I like the gore. What else did you like about it? I just I said it with directing. It's never anything more than it should be. Yeah. I think you can clock act one in this movie is like five, four or five minutes. Yeah. Like it sets, up, so, sets it up really great. I, I mean, the inciting incident is 45 seconds into the movie. They're not Her, wasting any fucking time. They're like, we can get to know this character. Now, nah, fuck that. Uh, she lost the race. Oh, and she can't get a hold of her dad. Now she's got to drive home. That's all we need to know. Yeah, it gets to it's it's in and out. It's like a punk song because like the yeah, it's like it's just what you need. And it and also the whole movie isn't that long with credits. It opening and closing credits. It's an hour twenty seven minutes. That's awesome. I mean, and they could have probably trimmed five minutes, <laughs> but that's but awesome. Like that's that's it's never anything more than it needs to be. And you you felt that right? Like yeah yeah yeah. I mean yeah. Yeah, that was exactly it was yeah uh also what i liked about it was um <laughs> just we talked about it pre- previously but just the lack of uh preparation in the storm sure there were a lot of people oh. that evac- vacated or evacuated but i'm sure of all the people that we saw in this film i bet there were just as many people inside their homes in the in this film you know like neighbors that were like oh look at that girl going in there oh that's kind of neat that's kind of weird what's she doing outside you know here's here's me directing this adding two montages because i know it too well there's at least a 10 minute montage of them putting up storm shutters yes because that is such a real fucking thing yeah you can tell these filmmakers are from france and that they're now from florida because it's like none of these houses had storm shutters (laughs) storm shutters peter have you ever a hurricane's coming you can hear the drills in the distance of everyone putting their storm shutters up i mean either that or some people just leave them up year round in florida (laughs) yes you walk into a florida home in some places like where we grew up there's a good chance any day of the year any day of the year 365 366 days a year the storm shutters are up a christmas tree is up and the pool is getting cleaned yes or the pool is abandoned and it's turning green. <laughs> the, yeah, the pool is, has algae and, and a lack of chlorine in it. Yeah, yes. exactly. Or there's too much chlorine and you can't use it. <laughs> yeah, because you get chemically burned if you jump in. <laughs> but not you because you're covered in deodorant. Yeah, dude, that's what saves me, dude. Like 100%. Think about this. What if we use deodorant instead of sunblock? sunblock? Same page, uh, dude. We are thinking out of the same brain right now. And guess what? what? That brain, take a look at yourself right here. Yeah. That's the last time you're not going to be a millionaire. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. What did you not like about the movie? Nothing. I mean, I honestly you loved it bad. all. I have nothing bad to say about this movie. The acting is not great, but I it mean, gives a shit. Who cares? For the logical reason, choices. Who cares? For some reason, I feel like I've seen Barry Pepper in something else. He's, he's, I don't know if you ever listen to the rewatchables, but he's an ultimate that guy. 
He's uh, been in so much shit and everything he's in, you're like, oh yeah, that guy, I know him from yeah. this, but he he's never, and now he's like the dad in a lot of movies, usually the bad guy in a lot of movies. Mm. Like when we talk chairman of the board, he has kind of similar careers, like that slick back hair guy. It was just yes. like the asshole in film for a while. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He's, he's, he's just that guy. I mean, yeah, he's been in tons of shit. Yeah. I mean, okay. Then what was Florida about it? The things that were Florida about it, the, the subtle details that, you know, the, the, the filmmakers did get right about Florida dad. He had, um, he had a <laughs> vanity plate. No, did he? Cause there was a van, there was a, there was a license. I think plate. it might've been, I don't know if it was the dad's car. There was one outside. I don't remember what it said, but it said Matt seven two five. But the dad had a different. His, his, name, his name was David. Yeah, so I don't think it was his car. But so who's Matt seven two five, and why was he parked in their garage or in dude, their driveway? It's just their boy Matt, dude. It's Florida, <laughs> Florida shit. Another thing um, he uses their driveway. Yeah, yeah, that's very Florida. It's like, all right, I've got a vanity license plate on a SUV, but for some reason I need to park in your driveway. I mean, it's so, the last time I was in Florida driving, I went to see my friend Tommy, uh, shouts out to Tom, mm. and I pulled up in front of his house, and he lives in like a gated community, and I parked like you would in LA on the street, just like, you know, tucked up on the side, got out of the car, and some lady came out of her house and started yelling at me that I wasn't parked in the driveway. I was like, I don't fucking live here, I'm just parking for a couple minutes to see my friend, and she was like, use the driveway next to his what? So I went and parked in some random person's driveway. Of course, they come out and they're like, why are you parking my driveway? I was like, because this old lady's yelling at me. And the guy was like, whatever, dude, just park your car here. She'll stop yelling at you. Like, what? Yeah, it wasn't even. And then as this is going on, my friend who I'm there to visit comes out. He's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, Tommy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you've been here for like 30 seconds. What the hell is going on? Like, I don't know, man. Park Karen. on the street. Just park on the street. Like, that's that's egregious don't park on yes. my on the street don't park on the street Get she came out, out of her house she was inside watching you know the worst thing you know what we could man over the last year two years maybe since 2012 but even before that the thing that we can say about america is the downfall is free time mm-hmm like if people have too much free time, then they self-deputize themselves on their neighborhood blocks. If, uh, you know, to say you can't park here or if cops have too much free time, they hassle kids uh, that they don't need to, especially in smaller towns. If Especially in Florida. If certain Americans have free time, then they dive deep and deep and deep into QAnon theories and conspiracies. And, you know, free time is like what's killing us right and in florida I agree more in florida there's nothing but free time buddy might as well be on a bumper sticker <laughs> nothing but free time yep i mean welcome to paradise <laughs> free time i mean that's what florida is it's free time because by the time you end up there you've already lived like your life is over I mean, it's the, the the end of the road for a lot of people. When you're living in Florida, your life either hasn't begun or it has ended. Yeah, yeah, very eloquently put. While you're still alive. Yes, you've given up or you haven't started. 
Another Florida thing is uh, that I liked about this movie was she finds her dad in the house, just <laughs> totally passed out. Yeah. Like what happened? What, what, what was the explanation? I, I don't quite remember. He was just down there to fix a pipe or something. And then boom, a gator attacked. And he wasn't anywhere near his phone. Anything could have happened. Yeah. He, yeah. He left his phone somewhere. It's a like gator upstairs, attacked him. Yeah. Near the crawl space entrance. Or he very well could have just, you know, finding, finding your dad passed out in Florida is so common that I'm, yeah. I, I can't believe she batted an eyelash. Yeah. You know? And then we find out that there's a gator nest down there. And gator nest is a totally different situation from a gator or two. You know what gator I'm saying? Gator nest. This goes back to your first perform, uh, first appearance on the podcast where we debunked that dog gator. Uh, oh my god, that's right. Video. And I th- do you do you believe that the gator attacks were accurate depictions of gator attacks in this film? Well, I think the psychology used by the main character and the alligators is very, very interesting. Um, the, it, no, it's just it's a it's a good it's a good way to flip it. In that you're you're like, okay, why are these gators like so aggressive? Are they like are they like mutant gators that are like really angry, deep blue sea style? Like, what's the mystery here? And then at midway, at the halfway point, you find out that there's a nest. And you're like, oh, they're protecting the, the young and the eggs. That's why they're so aggressive. I have to swim past that now out of a storm pipe and get to freedom. That's another Florida thing. Protect yes. the nest. If you're a gator, you protect the gator nest. If you're a homeowner, you protect the home. With uh, storm shutters. With storm shutters, with shotguns, with uh you know assault rifles assault rifles and spike strips on your you know and yeah and you say oh nobody can park here on my street on my street because if gators show up i'm not responsible for your car (laughs) yeah another floor and also if you're a burrowing owl you protect those things you protect your nest too not a lot of people know about burrowing owls but they're (laughs) They exist in Cape Coral, Florida, where we're from. And I had a run-in with one a couple months ago, just this summer. I was back visiting my grandma. I'm walking uh, her dog. It's 10 o'clock at night. So, you know, the dog would otherwise not get a chance to uh, go on a walk until the next day. I'm walking the dog. Then, boom, we're 50 yards away from the house. He stops dead in his tracks. And I'm like, oh, uh, what? come on. The dog's name is Peanut. I'm like, Come on, we're almost home. Let's go home, home, home. And then I turn around and boom, one, two, three, four, five mailboxes have owls on them. Yeah. And they're staring right at us. Yeah. All and they're, they're little assholes. They're they evil, are not nice animals. They are crazy evil. Then a sixth owl swoops down and attacks us and like yeah. comes after us, tried to like pick up a little peanut. And, uh, and then, yeah, we run home. We just run, we book it head down, just book it. And I'm like, Grammy, you can't go outside anymore. You can't go outside ever again. There's literally tiny velociraptors out there that will eat the dog. Protecting the home. Also, what could be more Floridian than a burrowing owl? Owls who are supposed to make their, or who typically make their nests in trees. Uh, The owls on the ground looking up at the tree saying that, all the way up there? No, no. I'm Fuck down here. That. 
I'm yeah. down here where I can fight a dog or get pissed on by a dog. Yes. Or, or, fight, or fight a snake. When we were kids, I remember at one point, somebody threw one of my hats into the burrowing owl hole. Oh, and I no. was so Who did pissed that? off. Who did that? Um, that was one of the Rodriguez brothers. I okay. want to say it was Josh, which is, that's a story for another podcast. That's crazy. Why man. didn't we talk about that during fucking Scarface? I know, right? Their yeah. dad was Scarface, dude. I and mean, he was trying to be. Another thing that, yeah, Florida, you protecting us. Another Florida thing, white girl with cornrows. Yeah, of course she's stealing the ATM. Why not? Yeah, that's, I went to high school with 15 of those girls. <laughs> the thing that threw me off was, are they in a basement? Because there are no basements, but there are no basements in Florida. Let's get that clear. Yes. So this is this. So this isn't a basement. It's a crawl space, like you say, and it's to protect you from storms and floods. Is that what the crawl space is for? Yeah, mainly to protect the house so that it can flood and it won't flood the home. It's like uh, remember on Fort Myers Beach, a lot of houses are built on stilts. Correct. Yeah. That's why, so that the flood they would, would sway up. They would. Yeah. They, they would like have a certain level of bend to them and sway a little bit uh, uh, to withstand the wind gusts and, and rain and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oof. Like beach and then Ray's, uh, one of my best friends growing up, Ray, his family lived on a swamp and their house was on stilts because it would flood during big storms, which happened, you know, you know every other day. So it was constantly flooding the land. They all drove monster trucks and their head house on stilts because of it. <laughs> okay. Before we get at, yeah. I'm Okay. So good. That solves that answer. Cause I was like, what? There are no basements, but yeah. Crawl space makes sense. And uh, places that are either close to the beach or close to or places, uh, residences that are close to the beach or close to say swampland or wetlands, a little elevated. Uh, but uh, last thing we're going to go over before we uh, make our final comments here, favorite scene. My favorite scene was when she has a gun. She suddenly has a gun. Hell yeah. In the house. Again, and then the, Florida. I know. Yeah, I know. It's like, did you not have like, yeah, in the beginning, you know, the only thing that could have made this more Floridian is if in the first scene uh, she's swimming in swimming practice and she has a gun attached to her hip, like a gun holster. Dude. That would she would have won the race. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so suddenly, I don't know what happened. I looked down or like I dozed off or like I wasn't paying attention. Then suddenly she has a gun. And then the gate, then oh, she's protected. Great. The gator grabs or uh, bites her arm with the gun, and she's got her gun in the gator's mouth and she's lighting, lighting it up. Fuck yeah. And I empty and the clip emptied she emptied it in the clip in the gator's mouth and that was my favorite scene because it was like it felt like an assisted suicide like she put the gun in the gator's mouth and then just yes. go, went for it gator euthanasia a new uh, record by us is it and, uh, and then let me ask this question what do you think the bet like the what's what's the best way to to kill an alligator if you have to well, if, if you're fighting an alligator, there's no way around it. What's the best the, way to kill an alligator? The one thing I remember everybody saying growing up uh, was it, there's a spot like right behind its eyes. Like the eyes are here. It's like right back here. That's like the soft spot because all human skulls have one. Yeah. They have one, too. That's like right in this one area. And if you stab them right there, it's instant kill game over. 
Wow. And it's like a good size area. So like you just aim for that area if they've caught you or you go right for the eyes. If you go for the eyes, they're going to get off. You. So the best weapon to have is like a, some type of knife, sword or machete. Or a gun with a full clip and you're already inside of the gator. You got to get inside the gator hook style. Yeah, because people don't understand too. Gators are they're so thick on top that some bullets won't even like get in there. Like if yeah, you shoot with a twenty-two, thinking. it's not going to do anything. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nine millimeter will barely get through. If Captain Hook was holding a gun when the gator, you know, went for his hand, he would have kept his hand. If if and this is why the Second Amendment is so important. If Captain Hook had an assault rifle. Yeah. When the gator came after him, he would today be not a handy capable person. He would have two hands. And he would have been named, they would have just had to name him uh, uh, Dustin Hoffman. Yes. And if a teacher had a gun, then Columbine wouldn't have happened. That's wow. a fact. That's a fact. You've heard that here first from, from Corey Slater's mouth. Absolute facts. Yep. Uh, okay. What was your favorite scene in the film? Uh, I think I said it earlier it's the cops. When the cops show up and they're just dumb and dumber, <laughs> they're trying to they're trying to figure out what's going on. They the open first, the storm door, yeah, yeah. And then he's like yelling back to his partner. He's like, "Dude, I think we got a problem." And his partner's outside in waist deep water, and he's looking around and he sees the the aftermath of the people getting eaten, robbing the gas station, and he's like, "Oh shit, I gotta get out of here." So his plan is to swim into the house. And his boy's like, hey, uh, I think there's some gators in the basement. And then, boom, he gets eaten by the gator in the basement and ripped to shreds. At the same time, his buddy outside is being ripped to shreds by those gators because a lot of gators. Yeah, this brings it's up an amazing. This brings up a good point that you brought up earlier that I um, that I didn't realize until now. It's this movie did exactly what it needed to do, and it didn't waste any time. When those cops show up, all I mean, from a movie point of view. And from an educated viewer's point of view, all you want to see is them uh, fail at their task to save and they fail immediately. And in the most gruesome, like death type of a way, you know, like they're getting eaten alive. Yeah. What it's called in, in screenwriting terms is called a pitch and the story structure. So that's the moment for our character where through her perspective, she has hope for that second right yeah. we need something to happen because it's just people trapped in a basement with gators yeah oh the cops arrive cool we could potentially get out of this so now how do i get to the cops to get me out of the situation and then the cops fail miserably and it pushes Imme and immediately, immediately. yeah and yeah, it pushes yeah. the stakes for the lead character even further yeah incredible yeah it's it's a it's this movie has no fat on it at all true uh it's like a filet mignon it's perfect, yeah. And and again, you could edit five minutes out of any movie. This at an hour fifteen would be, you know, fuck Nomadland. Like this is what should win every Oscar. It should win the Big Five just for existing. Uh, all right. Any last uh, comments about the film? Anything we we didn't get to talk about, or uh, anything you'd like to bring up or highlight? um no but i'm thinking next one should be miami connection <laughs> i don't know we're, if we'll ever do miami connection dude, we're doing miami connection because i watched it again and let me tell you something special this movie okay you've got taekwondo instructors as lead actors who sometimes not kidding 
they just change parts in the middle of the movie. <laughs> Don't explain it. The, the, there are people that are in a motorcycle gang that is a karate gang, but also the hot new wave band in Miami playing songs like Fight the Ninja. <laughs> Peter, this movie's going to change you and everyone listening to it this their entire lives. Oh, man. <laughs> There's this guy that we both know. His name's Fred Lay. He's a comic out here. And he does this bit that's so fun. And he's like, you know, he, man, it's, it's so funny, but it's, it's talking about Asian people as ninjas and, uh, and how like, he's so, oh, he's so good. You got to look him up. Fred L F R E D. Uh, his last name is lay L E. And uh, that just made me think of that. Like how he was like, there was a time when Asian people, we all put spoilers on our cars. Yeah. That's cool. We all had spiky hair. Yeah. It's cool. Then there was like a week where we all said, Hey, what's up my ninja. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that week. His, it was early 2003-ish. <laughs> it's <laughs> that's true. Jeez, uh, yeah. I mean, we might, we might have to go to Miami Connection or this new film of Zola. Oh, that documentary about strippers. Hey, you never, you, you never know. <laughs> uh, all right, Corey Slater. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for joining the podcast. We appreciate it. You, you'll be back next month to either check out, you know, to either talk about Miami Connection or another Florida film. Floridians, thanks so much for listening. And I got to give a, a quick shout out to my production team. That'd be Mike, Gina, Justin Collier, Kelvin, Dawn, Lindsay, Peter, Allison P, Kevin, and Lauren S. Thanks for producing this podcast. And uh, thank you all for listening. I'll talk to you next time. See ya. See ya. See ya.